Hi there, and welcome to Power Play. I'm Vashi Capellos. Tonight, pressure mounts on the Prime Minister. He is set to speak in moments as he faces an unrelenting push from the opposition for a public inquiry into allegations of foreign interference. For 10 years, the communist dictatorship in Beijing has been helping the Prime Minister. Will we have a final and clear public investigation so Canadians know the truth? When my honourable friend was a minister responsible for this very file, he did absolutely Zero. nothing. Why is he refusing to get answers for Canadians? The 2019 and 2021 elections were decided freely and fairly by Canadians. For weeks now, Justin Trudeau has rejected calls for a public inquiry into those alleged elections in allegations rather of elections interference, pointing to already completed studies of the last two votes and pushing for anything more to go before Parliament's ultra-secretive National Security and Intelligence Committee, something opposition leaders are uncharacteristically united in their rejection of. Have a listen. What they would do is bring opposition MPs or leaders into a room give them some information, and then swear them to secrecy so they couldn't ever speak about it again. So effectively, that would be a trick to try and prevent anyone debating the subject anymore. I don't think this should be in any way a private uh, or a secret uh, committee. This is something important that Canadians should have access to. The Prime Minister is set to make an announcement about those allegations and how to address them. Uh, just before 5.30 Eastern, we're anticipating as soon as it happens, we're going to take you there live. It will be on Parliament Hill. We're also tracking, though, other developments on this story, including that the RCMP is now confirming it's investigating media leaks of the interference allegations, saying that it has initiated an investigation into violations of the Security of Information Act associated with recent media reports, referring to the reports that set off the elections meddling storm that has consumed the government for weeks now, that Chinese state actors are allegedly targeting Canadian candidates to favour the Liberals over the Tories. Explosive claims the Prime Minister has not yet been able to quiet. While we wait for that announcement from the Prime Minister, let's dig into what options he has before him. With me this evening to help us do that, former CSIS Director Ward Elcock and former Canadian Ambassador to China, Guy Saint-Jacques. Hello again, both of you. Great to have you with us this evening. Uh, the Canadian press, Mr. Well, uh, Mr. Elcock, is reporting that the Prime Minister is set to announce basically that he is asking that committee, uh, the National Security and Intelligence Committee, to be the venue for additional inquiry into these allegations. You, I think, last week in this very chair at this very time said that would, from your perspective, be the preferred venue. Why is that? Because it was established precisely to do this kind of thing. Um, I think that the, the, the characterization by Mr. Polyev of, of NSI COP, of the, uh, the parliamentary, uh, not parliamentary committee, the committee of parliamentarians, is, it was misleading to say the least. The reality is it is a committee of parliamentary of the, from the various parties. They do get access to secret information. Of course, they will not be able to, to provide that secret information to anybody else, but that would be the same with a, with a commission of inquiry. It wouldn't be able to provide the information to anybody else either. So the reality is, but what they can do is they can come to a view of whether or not there was a problem and, and provide some advice to the government. All of that could be done, can't really be done by a committee of inquiry, a commission of inquiry to the, with the same effectiveness. NSI COP is the right place for this to go. Uh, it, to, to not send it there is, is in fact, it is in fact playing political games. 
if I if I gather, Mr. Saint Shock, the uh, criticism of that venue from the opposition. Uh, it is basically that there would be less conducted in the public eye, right? Both the NDP and the Conservatives are asking for, despite the national security constraints on the officials who perhaps would be giving testimony, um, you know, a more public airing because it's public confidence that is uh, unstable right now, is at stake right now. You have advocated for an inquiry. Do you think this will be enough to satisfy calls for one? Well, I'm not uh, entirely sure. And uh, the reason I say this is that uh, we know that uh, this committee has looked at uh, uh, foreign interference in the past. In fact, they came up with uh, recommendations that uh, were never implemented uh, by uh, the prime minister. And in fact, there is this uh, dilemma, you know, how can uh, an inquiry deal with the uh, secret and top secret information uh, that uh, has been leaked and, and 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 look at other information as well because I'm sure that there's uh, lots of information and and maybe uh, you know I would still be uh, interested to look at a scenario where someone like uh, Justice uh, Arbo who has a, a very good track record uh, could look at this because the problem with a parliamentary committee is that it will be uh, partisan and and each party will try to uh, to make to score points. And, and uh, on the other hand, someone like Justice Ar Arbo uh, would be, uh, could be mandated to look at the information. And also there are many questions that uh, remain uh, unanswered because, uh, uh, you know, the, the prime minister claims that the, the results uh, of the, uh, the, the last election are good. But uh, in fact, uh, you know, the, the conservatives are saying that they lost maybe eight, nine seats. I think there is... Uh, much more that uh, that could be done. And in any case, what has to come out of this is uh, a number of things, including a chronology of when things happened, when was the prime minister informed, uh, which uh, specific uh, steps, if any, it took in response, uh, and, and to come up with uh, ideas on uh, laws that should be reinforced or uh, uh, new laws that could be adopted. And in, in any case, uh, the government uh, should take the initiative uh, and uh, proceed right away uh, with uh, a new law similar to uh, C-282 that had been introduced a few years ago by uh, Kenny Cho to create uh, a registry. Right, a foreign agents registry, Mr. Elcock. Yep. I mean, that is, I, I interviewed Morris Rosenberg over the weekend, who is the author of the report that essentially evaluated what that panel that was put together to flag if the integrity of an election was at stake thanks to interference. Um, and, and he said uh, that, that, you know what, that is among the options. But if an inquiry were to take place, what's really important is that it doesn't prohibit the government from doing stuff it can in the interim to combat what he would characterize as an, as an evolving issue. Uh, Mr. Saint-Jacques talked about some of the partisanship that we have seen play out in the other committee examining this. This committee is, is, is done a little bit differently, right? They, they, generally, their proceedings are not open to the public. Um, and I'm wondering from your perspective, I think I can see from, you know, a good point to that in that they'll be able to see and hear more information that we would not be able to. But the negative is when we're, we are talking about public confidence in the issue or, or the public's faith in the electoral system is kind of a, a broader, you know, level of scrutiny deserved, warranted. What do you think? The, the problem in this case is that a lot of the information is going to be secret and is not going to be disclosed whether it's a commission of inquiry or NSI COP. NSI COP is actually a group of politicians 
who actually have an interest in a vested interest in all this because they are politicians. So they they have a great interest in getting to the bottom of the to the to the truth of this of all of these events. They can also make a report. Uh, they can provide information to the public that can be provided to the public. It is redacted, but, though, once it gets to the public. Yes, but that's not going to be any different than, the parliament, right. the, than a commission of inquiry. Yes, once it's given to the commission of inquiry, it's awfully hard to redact it. But because of that, a lot of information not in, may not, in fact, be provided to the commission of inquiry uh, and may be redacted from the commission of inquiry for a bunch of security reasons that will just make it impossible to provide the information. Uh, Mr. Saint-Jacques, we've been reporting and, and, and speaking to both of you over the last number of weeks. Uh, some polls have come out that show this issue is really resonating with Canadians. And in particular, it's made them worried about the integrity of our electoral system. I think Nano's research showed seven of 10 Canadians they surveyed felt that these allegations uh, had an impact on our democracy or worried about their impact on democracy. What does the Prime Minister have to say well, we should hear from him in about 20 minutes. What, from your viewpoint, does the Prime Minister have to say to adequately address those, that level of worry? Well, I think he has to be clear on the uh, exact mandate that will be uh, given to the, uh, the committee. Uh, also, the duration. And, uh, you know, if I may offer a suggestion, what we are uh, talking about here is... Uh, Chinese interference. Uh, yes, there is more in terms of foreign interference, but what I would hope for is that the committee would be tasked to look first at Chinese interference, and, and uh, it should be given a pretty short mandate. I would say six months to report back, and then to look at uh, other foreign interference, because that, that's clearly the, the problem. And you know, I, I was reading a report uh, uh, yesterday that was produced in France saying that in the last 10 years, China has interfered in 10 elections in seven countries, uh, including in the uh, United States uh, uh, in, uh, a few years ago. And so uh, I, I think this is the, the mandate clearly has to be focused on China. And I would hope that, yes, let's look at foreign interference, but let's start first with China. Uh, Mr. Elcock, final word to you, and I'll just point our viewers to that box on the side of their screen. The Prime Minister is anticipated to make an announcement about foreign interference in our elections in about 15 minutes' time. When we're talking about the mandate, uh, and Mr. Saint-Jacques' point that it should be narrow, it should be specific, your thoughts on that? Uh, ideally, it should be, and it probably should be focused on, on China and its, its actions. Although, to be honest, there are other countries who have engaged in similar activities in Canada, in both recently and in the past. Um, uh, but to, the idea that this could all be done in six months, unfortunately, is probably unrealistic. What do you think is realistic? Uh, I've, I've worked on setting up some 30 or 40 royal commissions when I was uh, counsel for the Privy Council Office. Uh, anything less than a year, year and a half is probably not doable. It'll be interesting to watch to see what they can do and what they do do in the interim. Yes. I'll, leave, I'll leave the discussion there. Guy Saint-Jacques, Canada's former ambassador to China, and Ward Alcock, former head of CSIS. Thank you both very much. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We are standing by to take you live to Parliament Hill, where the Prime Minister is slated to make an announcement about foreign interference in our elections. Stay right there. We're back in just a moment. We need is a public inquiry that is truly independent, 
to get to the bottom of it, all while continuing the parliamentary investigation. We want to see real transparency around what's going on. We want Canadians to know what's going on. And we want to provide real, a real path towards protecting our democracy. We're continuing to look for ways in which we can be transparent with Canadians so that we can undertake the work of fighting against foreign interference together to protect our democratic institutions. That last point from Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino, particularly salient at this point in time. We are standing by to take you live to Parliament Hill, where the Prime Minister is about to make an announcement about exactly that. Other ways that the federal government can make inquiries, investigate these allegations of Chinese interference in the 2021 election. I want to bring in my colleague, CTV's senior political correspondent, Glenn McGregor, who is digging to find out exactly what the Prime Minister right. might be announcing, and you do have some information I, on I that. I confirm what our colleagues at Canadian Press reported. Uh, that is that the Prime Minister is going to formally ask NSI COP, that's the Committee of MPs and Senators, that all have security clearances, to investigate this further. There will be other things as well, I'm told, but there will not be any new legislation announced. There's some discussion about whether they would, the government would move ahead setting up a foreign agent's registry. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen, at least not today. It's also not going to be any call, like uh, both uh, opposition leaders uh, demanded today, for a public inquiry, although I'm told that's not totally off the table. I mean, this is something that could happen later under the right circumstances. Possibly okay. Sorry, my apologies to interrupt. Apparently there's an issue with your microphone right now. Okay. I think they're going to come in and change it. So uh, if you couldn't hear what Glenn was saying, it was very important information. I'll just convey it to you as his microphone is fixed. Essentially, Glenn has confirmed what our colleagues at Canadian Press were reporting, which is that the uh, Prime Minister at 5.30 will come out and make an announcement that his government is formally asking the committee that is made up of parliamentarians from all parties, but essentially take, they take a special oath, they're sworn to secrecy, and they are able to access highly classified information. He's going to ask them to inquire as to those allegations of foreign interference. And I think your microphone is back My on. My back on, sorry about Thank that. Thank goodness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and what I, was, what I was saying is that there are other things that the Prime Minister has been asked to do, right. including introducing legislation that would possibly set up a foreign agent's registry of mm -hmm. some kind. I don't think that's going to happen today. Doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. It looks like the government is interested in this idea and may move ahead with it at some point down the road. Uh, also not going to uh, accede to the requests from Mr. Polyev and Mr. Singh to set up uh, a public inquiry that is just not in the cards. But at least right now, that could change. And it, it, it could be at some point in the future, there is a form of inquiry, nothing like, say, the Rouleau Commission we saw looking into the, into the convoy with people, lots of people in the audience. It could be something uh, narrower, uh, possibly something led by a former Supreme Court judge. You heard uh, Mr. <coughs> uh, former Ambassador Saint-Jacques talking about the possibility of Louise Arbour. Right. Not as, I don't know necessarily it would be her, but there are people of that stature who would be seen as nonpartisan. The message the Prime Minister wants to get across today he wants to uh, communicate that he is aware that there's a problem. He's going to acknowledge it. He's going to talk about uh, all the things they've done to deal with it. He's going to repeat some of the things that they've done, talking about this new measure they're going to take today. But he wants to make, make it as nonpartisan an issue as possible. He does not want this to be perceived as China putting the finger on the scale to help the Liberals in past elections or future. You mentioned the message that the Prime Minister will have, and for everyone who's just joining us now, and you see that box on the corner of your screen, we are waiting for the Prime Minister to make an announcement about foreign interference any moment now, and we'll head to Parliament Hill Live to take you to that when it happens. 
the, the evolution to get to that point where the, the genesis of the announcement is, I acknowledge that this stuff is real, that your concerns are real, and, and, and it, almost a tacit acknowledgement that the, the things that they've pointed to already as enough to investigate it perhaps are not. Or at least people are not perceiving them as enough. I mean, they have right. done many things, they have, including yeah. setting up that committee, although it wasn't necessarily set up specifically to deal with uh, foreign election panel interference. As well. The panel as well, yeah, and the steps they took through the G7 uh, to get this RRM uh, thing uh, to, to, to monitor uh, misinformation and threats. So yes, they've done they've done some things, but the into the opposition's view, they haven't done anything. So the truth is somewhere in between, and I think. Uh, I, th I think the Prime Minister's office communications have not been really precise on this. They haven't really uh, recognized uh, how seriously people are taking this, how it's being perceived. And I think this is an opportunity for them to kind of get out ahead of it. We, we didn't know about this press conference until sometime early this afternoon. So this is something that they've kind of improvised here. Uh, they know it's becoming a, a problem and they want to get a handle on yeah, it. Yeah, we found it just late this afternoon. Glenn, if you don't mind sitting there for a few moments, I want to bring in our front bench panel because they're going to help us analyze what we might expect from the Prime Minister in just a few minutes' time. With me this evening, former Liberal Cabinet Minister and former BC Premier Ujjal Dessange, former Communications Director to Aaron O'Toole, Melanie Paradis is here as well. She's now the President of Texture Communications. NDP strategist and Monk and Associates principal owner Kathleen Monk is with us too. Hi, everybody. Good to have you with us. Uh, Melanie, I'm going to start with you because I know this is a, an issue near and dear to your heart. You, of course, manage the campaign, as we said there, or were part of the part of the uh, campaign management team for former uh, conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, who is the first person to kind of blow, have blown the whistle on some of these allegations a, a long time ago. Your thoughts on the prime minister announcing that that uh, national security uh, committee will be the one or the ask will be of that committee to investigate this? So from my perspective, this is if this is what he announces later today, that, that's a disappointment. I, I believe that there should be a public inquiry. NSICOP is unfortunately uh, subject to issues of cabinet confidence uh, and testimony related to cabinet confidence would not be uh, would not be permissible at an NSICOP. The prime minister's office has an awful lot of control over the appointments to NSICOP, over the information that is presented there, whether it's it's uh, mat materials, um, papers, people, all those testimonies. They have a lot of, of sway over it. While there are members of NSICOP from different parties, um, speaking to my own experience in 2020, Aaron O'Toole uh, tried to appoint Leona Alislev to, uh, to this committee, and they dragged the approval process on for months and months. She was only able to sit, I think, for one, maybe two meetings before they called the election. Um, and so they have an awful lot of influence over this committee. And so that's why I don't think that it's the appropriate venue for it. I think ultimately they're going to end up having to call a public inquiry in the end and that this is just a this is going to be a misstep. It's interesting, Kathleen, because even this step, if in fact that's I mean, it is what, what we're going to hear from the prime minister, even the acknowledgement that there needs to be more uh, is a few weeks in the making. Right. It took a while to get even to that point. Yeah, what are we? We're, I think, week three of this uh, story kind of blowing up. So um, mm -hmm. I don't think that if he does go ahead and ask that NSICOP does do the study, I don't think it's going to quell any of the calls for the public inquiry. But I think it's the first step. And and the re really, this afternoon or this evening, uh, what the prime minister has to do is start making the case 
that NSI COP is the appropriate venue and that Canadians should feel confident in the investigation that the, these MPs will undertake, that it's the appropriate step, essentially. You know, I mean, ultimately, I guess you could ask yourself, I'm not sure how much general Canadians are tuning into this. I think there is a climate of anxiety around foreign interference generally, whether that's China, Russia, whatever. But are they really concerned that the election, there was an election integrity issue? I'm not really sure that Canadians at large, I think they're more concerned about affordability issues, healthcare system, all that kind of stuff. But it's up to the Prime Minister now. He's got to make the case that the investigation will be thorough and will have integrity at NCICOP and, and that there won't be the political grandstanding, frankly, that the opposition has accused take place there. I think Kathleen brings up an interesting point, Ujjal, and that is around the degree to which people are worried about this. I, I sort of get the sense, I host a radio show during the day, the phone lines are blown, like they actually, people way surpass my expectation in their level of interest. The polling that's done shows that people do have genuine worries. I think they're worried exactly about what Kathleen points out, affordability. There's a whole host of issues they have to worry about. But I do think this is maybe more of a factor than your typical inside Ottawa baseball. What does that require of the Prime Minister, Ujjal? Well, I think ultimately, you know, I don't look at these issues in a, in a partisan fashion, uh, not anymore. Um, and uh, I called for a public inquiry on the Twitter actually several days ago. Um, I, I agree that the, uh, the Intelligence and Security Committee isn't going to be able to do the task that needs to be done to reassure Canadians that uh, there has been nothing wrong or that the election wasn't influenced um, by the Chinese to an extent that it would have changed the outcome. Um, I, I think people are worried, uh, in addition to all of the worries about uh, making a living, jobs and healthcare and all of that. On top of that, this is just sort of an extra problem that Canadians are, are wondering, why is this government not coming clean and sooner, rather than saying, okay, we'll do X, and then you don't listen to us, we'll do Y. If that's not enough, then we'll do a committee that's already set up. And as one of my colleagues has pointed out, that committee isn't sufficiently equipped or properly um, vested with the jurisdiction, or the selection isn't necessarily uh, um, independent. And uh, so I think all of that isn't going to be sufficient to satisfy the need for Canadians to be per persuaded that that the, the, the Prime Minister has taken all the steps that he needs to take. So my view is that, uh, you know, a couple of days from now or a week from now, uh, he's going to have to come back and say, no, uh, we're going to need a public inquiry. Um, because there is one assurance with the public inquiry, and that is a judge, a, a former judge, would uh, honestly and, and uh, adequately and properly tell the Canadians what he could uh, tell the Canadians to the best of his ability and uh, and legal ability uh, to be able to do that. Uh, parliamentary committees, uh, they're good, but they're still parliamentary committees. They're, there's partisanship in those committees, no matter how much you say that there isn't. For sure. I just want to distinguish for a second, and if you're just joining us, we are waiting for the Prime Minister to uh, make an announcement on Parliament Hill. It's scheduled for any minutes. I'm getting a notice that it could be a little bit delayed, but whenever it happens, we, we will bring it to you live. Uh, the difference in this committee, uh, Glenn, is that uh, they, uh, the, they do have access to top secret stuff. They have to swear an oath in order right. to have access right. to that. And so the contention that the government has put forth so far is they would see stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have access to in a public inquiry. The rebut, you know, rebutting of that is, well, if we got a judge that did, took the same oath, then right. we could navigate that. Right. Although the committee members, uh, you know, have a multi-partisan committee members on that, on that 
committee. So, yes, they would see this in secret, but they could work together to draft it. The difference is, of course, none of that process is going to be public. There's not going to be anybody sitting in on those committee hearings. That's all going to be done in camera, in secret. And for the prime minister, that kind of makes the problem go away while that study's underway. He can say, well, okay, you know, I referred it to NSI cop. They're looking at it, um, so I can't really comment any further. But at the same time, we could have the Parliamentary uh, uh, Procedures uh, Committee continuing to investigate and in public. I mean, that's, you know, and that's a very partisan process, right? I mean, it should be, that committee room should be shaped like a, like a hexagon. <laughs> you know, it's, it's oh, such, yeah. there's so much infighting there. As we've seen in the last uh, few days, just the infighting between the NDP and the Conservatives over whether or not they should get Katie Telford to come testify. The Prime Minister's if, Chief of Staff. Chief of Staff, yeah, yeah to, to testify. So I think you're going to have, you, those two tracks are going to continue. Then we have this other track we learned about today, about the, about the RCMP investigating the CSIS leaks. That's really going to be interesting to see what they find. And presumably, if they make a finding of where that leak came from, we should get some ideas about how credible that is, right? Because that's, we don't know, right? We just know Although two news knows. organizations have reported it. Yes, true. There have been cases in the past, not that long ago, of CSIS leaking things to media organizations that turned out to be dead false. I'm talking about Mahara Rar. Was, after 9-11, was accused of being an al-Qaeda terrorist, uh, accused of training uh, in Afghanistan with al-Qaeda, uh, that he was a bad guy. Um, none of that turned out to be true. CSIS did try and investigate the leaks, and that never found so. Yeah, I would, I would say in this case only that the CSIS leaks are not the first that we've heard. No, you know, as Melanie, Melanie knows, like Aaron O'Toole was, was talking about this, Kenny Chu was talking. There were certainly instances in specific ridings where this was an issue and, and came to light. We just haven't been able to gauge to what degree it was and the impact. But it's important we know exactly how accurate these reports yeah. are. Oh, yeah, right? for sure, for that's, sure. That's really key. For sure. Okay, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. As I mentioned, the Prime Minister is a li little bit delayed. The front bench is sticking around. We're going to talk about... What we can anticipate in just a moment on the other end of that very short break. We're live on Parliament Hill in just a few moments. The Prime Minister is going to make an announcement about foreign interference. Stay with us. We're not going to have a situation where conservatives are told that they have to be quiet about this scandal because they're sworn to secrecy. We need is a public inquiry that is truly independent to get to the bottom of it, all while continuing the parliamentary investigation. That is Pierre Polyev, the leader of the federal conservatives earlier today, rejecting what we do expect the prime minister to announce any minute now. And that is uh, a formal ask of uh, a committee of parliamentarians, the National Security and Intelligence Committee, uh, a formal ask of them to conduct an inquiry into those allegations that we have now been covering for a number of weeks of Chinese interference in the 2021 election. I want to bring back the front bench panel. Ujal Desange is here. So is Melanie Paradis and Kathleen Monk. Uh, Melanie, before the break, and I should say that the prime minister is expected to get up there in about seven minutes time. Before the break, we were talking about um, sort of, you know, that this avenue might be a useful one, but that there are a lot of constraints on it. And, and in particular, I'm wondering your thoughts on given the level of public awareness and sort of public, uh, the worry that people are feeling. Um, do you think this is something the prime minister could have announced a week ago, maybe even a week and a half ago that would have begun to address that, even if it isn't the perfect solution? Absolutely, you should have. I think the challenge with with asking NSICOP to, to participate in this and to run this investigation is 
this is a real communications challenge because the average person has no idea what this committee does, um, who's on it, what the restrictions are, um, the, the secrecy level that's associated with it, the access to information that they do and do not have based on what the prime minister office dictates. Um, it's, it's really complicated. So I think it, it's definitely not a winner in terms of communication, but maybe you know, from the prime minister's office perspective, it is because that confusion actually serves to help them because they're going to be able to say simple things like, well, this is under investigation by NSICOF, uh, and, and kind of pass off uh, that, that they're working on this when realistically the, the average person is not going to be able to expect any clarity um, or, or formal reporting. We're not going to see legislation to change or improve um, our elections in the future to ensure that this doesn't happen. Uh, so overall, I think that this, this is a flaw. But it remains to be seen how they're going to how they're going to uh, communicate communicate about this, and I look forward to hearing uh, the, the the fascinating wording that they'll I'm no doubt use in the next couple of minutes. Yeah, any minute now, we'll take you there. And my apologies, I didn't realize you were also on camera, Mr. Elcock. I thought I was bringing you right in right after, but for, former CSIS director uh, Ward Elcock is here. Uh, we had talked a few minutes ago about how this is uh, an avenue you did think was important. What can you tell us about the way this committee works? Um, and, and why, from your perspective, it, it would be able to do the job, even, even facing all these public concerns? Well, it was set up precisely to do this job. And, and in fact, the unfortunate thing is if, if they don't use NSI COP, then in all likelihood, the possibility of parliamentary review of national security issues is probably a dead issue for the future. Uh, NSI COP is probably the only way forward. I certainly would never be would never have been willing to see information given directly to MPs um, because I don't think in our particular party system there is a safe way to give that to parliamentary to members of parliament and not result in in the revelation of that information for political reasons at some point by some party. Uh, so that would be the sad part if they don't use NSI COP. NSI COP is, I think, uniquely situated to do this because, in fact, it is parliamentarians who sit in the committee. They have, yes, they, they have restrictions on what they can ultimately report, but they actually probably will get to see more information than perhaps even a commission of inquiry would get to see. Why is that? Because simply because they're they're sworn to secrecy, because they're they're all security cleared, uh, and there is some control over what they ultimately can say. But the reality is, from the government's point of view, and this is a political issue more than anything else now that the prime minister has to deal with. Uh, the prime minister is is at the end of the day going to have to allow them to say more about this if it was NSI COP, say more about this than he might have been willing to do in some other situation. It's so interesting, uh, Kathleen, as both Melanie and, and Mr. Elcock were kind of outlining uh, the, the different perspectives. I was just thinking about like the the way in which we got here, right and. I, I do think that if, um, you know, there weren't all these weeks in between this acknowledgement that people are concerned and more needs to be done, uh, and if there had been an explanation of this committee and why it was the right venue two weeks ago, instead of kind of the initial dismissal of any concerns as stoking uh, doubt in the integrity of our electoral system, the prime minister might find himself in a completely different position tonight. Yeah, or we could also reframe it a different way and say that sometimes coming to the right solutions takes thinking through the different possibilities, understanding what the concerns are, understanding what problem is we want to solve, and therefore who is best to solve that. Like, 
I think that our news cycle and our political cycle certainly has sped up to such an extent that we want kind of instant answers. And I, it has been a while, and certainly the story's been brewing, but if NSICOP can come to a solution and come to an answer, I think that's good for all Canadians. I mean, ultimately, what is the problem we're trying to solve? We want to ensure uh, that there's not interference in our past elections and certainly in our elections going forward. So what does that mean? The Prime Minister has to come clean on what he knew and who he reported it to in the 2019 and 2021 elections. And then going forward, we really need some kind of legislation that's given to Elections Canada or or that has more teeth, right? And they have the resources to investigate these things in the moment. Because certainly the parties, I would argue, uh, do not have the infrastructure or apparatus to be investigating these things or really looking into them. They can get intelligence or reports on the ground, but they're not going to be able to investigate them in the course of a short campaign. So that's really important to look into nomination processes, to look into election financing, for sure, to look into some of these instant members that come to parties and give Elections Canada those kind of resources to really tackle this problem. Um, but ultimately, I would just also like to point out that it is really funny how bullish the Conservatives have been on this issue entirely, because remember, Pierre Polyev himself was a Democratic Reform Minister from 20. 13 to 2015 and introduced, you know, a wide ranging piece of legislation uh, called the Fair Elections Act that he actually could have addressed some of this interference issue in our elections in that piece of election when he himself was Democratic Reform uh, Minister at the time in Harper's government. Actually, there were allegations and maybe Mr. Elcock can speak to this, uh, you know, earlier on in 2010 and 2011 elections of some interference that I think actually Mr. Fadden, when he was in the position, had addressed with with the government of the day um, so it's interesting you know this is this has been an ongoing problem even a longer problem and it needs to be addressed so give elections Canada the teeth to do the right work I guess it's a question really of uh, Ujjal whether or not that will happen what the Prime Minister says tonight and and for everyone joining us now we're, we're waiting to see what exactly that is the Prime Minister will make an announcement any minute now from Parliament Hill and, and we'll take you there live as it happens if the Prime Minister says, for example, this is the first step, we're going to try this first and then look at other things that might need to be done, we are going to, I mean, the question of the Foreign Agents Registry, for example, is one that the government has talked about. Uh, they said that they would start consultations before the end of last year. I tried to ask Marco Mendocino, when is that starting? How long do you anticipate that to take? And he didn't want to put any kind of timeline on it. They could put more teeth to something like that, for example, to show yeah. that they're taking the issue as seriously as uh, they have conveyed that they are. Well, even if they do the registration uh, of Foreign Agents Act, um, the uh, importance of this um, investigation isn't going, to, isn't going to wither away um, because that would simply be now seen uh, to be a step uh, in, re in reducing the, um, the pressure on them to hold a public inquiry. I see uh, Mr. Alcock saying that this committee is perhaps better suited than the inquiry. Um, I don't understand why a, a judge could not be given the same clearance uh, that the um, that the members of parliament have been given, and uh, that judge would be seen to be an independent judge for all Canadians, and therefore a better vehicle to investigate this matter. It, Mr. Elcock, is that possible? And and I think I, what I take from Ujjal's comments is. Uh, uh, they are sworn to secrecy. They do have a, a higher level of um, ability to see. They have a ability, rather, to see a higher level of classified information, and they are supposed to be apolitical. But the perception from from the public that they are made up of parliamentarians, that the committee rather is made up of parliamentarians uh, of different party stripes, could you kind of navigate that perception by using a judge or a former justice, Supreme Court justice, who would be sworn to the same level of secrecy? 
I think that you're not going whether you have whether you have the the NSI cop or commission of inquiry you're ultimately not going to get any more information publicly available in one or the other perhaps perhaps more just in in NSI cop than a, a commission of inquiry but the other reality is um, NSI cop is made up this is a political issue NSI cop is made up of politicians uh, if the politicians come to a conclusion about what happened or didn't happen, their view of what happened or didn't happen is probably more valuable than a judge's. Do you think that the respects. public perceives that, though? That's, that, that's my question to you. I, I don't have an answer to that, <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure there is an easy answer to that, but, but the reality is I'm not sure that a commission of inquiry is going to give an answer anytime soon. Uh, it's going to be extraordinarily expensive to get that answer. Uh, and I'm not sure they're going to. The public is going to see any more of the information than they would have seen any other way. I mean, that's the interesting part here as well, Melanie. And, and we're just waiting. Uh, the Prime Minister, I'm told, will start any minute now. The interesting part is basically, okay, the, we've already determined that the overall outcome of the election is not at stake. I think it's important to convey that panels and, and the evaluation of the, that panel has said so. But the in-between stuff, right, the degree to which it impacted things or what really happened uh, beyond what we've read in the, in the Globe and Mail, like how much of that is true, what more is there, how much less, that kind of thing, like the full airing of it, are, are, we, are we going to get that basically? And is that what's needed to allay the public's worry right now? Well, I think whether the Prime Minister's office wants it or not, there's going to continue to be this steady drip, drip, drip leak of of stories um, coming out in, into the media over the coming weeks if they if they don't call an inquiry, and that's only going to serve to perpetuate um, the the confusion that I think a lot of Canadians are are experiencing and the concern that they have about what exactly the interference was. What was alleged? What has what actually took place? To to your point, um, what has been proven as having taken place versus what is just you know stories that have been have been passed along. Um, I think it's really important for for voters for Canadians to understand what took place. I, and I and I agree that there are certain elements of this uh, that are secretive, highly secretive, and that those should be protected to a certain extent, but there's got to be a balance. There has to be a way where we can do both of these things. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can tell Canadians what happened and what we're going to do to make sure it never happens again. And we can also ensure that um, our enemies, the people who are perpetrating uh, ele electoral disruption against us, don't necessarily know everything that we know and how we found out. Uh, I think that we can do both of these things and we just need to artfully navigate that. We are uh, navigating right now a wait for the Prime Minister, who is about to make an announcement on foreign interference from Parliament Hill. We will bring that to you as soon as it happens. Uh, I want to talk a little bit how the opposition parties, Kathleen, are navigating this as well, because it has picked up steam, certainly, over the last few weeks. Last week, it was actually the NDP that prompted this call for uh, a wider... Uh, public inquiry into foreign interference more generally versus just focused on China. Uh, Mr. Singh, the, Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the party, keeps getting questions about to what degree is this kind of the thing to hang his hat on? Is it a red line, for example, for his support for, for the government? I believe we have a clip of something he said today to that effect. Let's take a listen. What they would do is bring opposition MPs or leaders into a room give them some information, and then swear them to secrecy so they couldn't ever speak about it again. So effectively, that would be a trick to try and prevent anyone debating the subject anymore. 
I don't think this should be in any way a private uh, or a secret uh, committee. This is something important that Canadians should have access to. If there is a non-confidence vote, we'll, we'll make a determination when that happens. That's not in front of us right now. What is in front of us is the fact that we want to see a public inquiry. Uh, we believe that's the right way to go. Given what we've seen, again, uh, I, you can look at, uh, if anyone's seen any of the clips of, of what's going on in committee, it is, not a, it is not a process that seems committed to finding solutions to improve our democracy. So that was uh, Jagmeet Singh, adjacent to the, also the other opposition leader, the leader of the federal conservatives, Pierre Polyev. Uh, Kathleen, to what degree do you think this is an issue uh, for Jagmeet Singh to push? What do you expect if, if he hears tonight that NSICOP, the National Security and Intelligence Committee, is getting the inquiry or is the ask for the inquiry? Is that enough to, to, to stop his call for a public inquiry? I don't think it's enough to stop the call for the public inquiry. Um, as I said earlier, I think it's what what has to happen now is the prime minister has to make the case to Canadians and, frankly, to his fellow MPs that that NSICOP can do the job and get the job done. But I don't expect Jagmeet Singh or the NDP to drop their calls for public inquiry. Um, but I also don't expect it to be the fall of the government and that this will be the breakup of the confidence and supply agreement. I don't think that this is something that Canadians uh, want to see an election over um, by any means. Um, uh, although I think it's probably something that Mr. Polyev would like to push. And you saw him in the House today, particularly in question period, asking really pointed questions um, to the Liberal uh, government saying, essentially, you don't want to call a public inquiry because you don't want to reveal how the Chinese government was, was uh, trying to keep you uh, or help you in the last election. Um, and so I, I think this is going to be a lot of you know, sparring in QP. Uh, and the question is, what does, will the story have legs? Or as my colleagues have said, will by assigning this to NSI COP, will the government be able to have a, a message track and move on? Yeah, I mean, the question politically, Ujal, is exactly that, right? Whether this will be enough to turn the page for the government. There is a lot of other things. There are a lot of other big stories this week. Healthcare, uh, grocery store CEOs, an interest rate decision that a lot of Canadians are, are understandably worried about. Um, uh, what, what would you need to hear from him outside of calling for a public inquiry in, in the next few minutes when he makes that announcement that you think politically would turn the page for him? Well, my view is that it's not going to turn the page for him. Um, if he had come clean right at the beginning, Telling Canadians what he knew, how many times he'd been briefed on this issue, um, and that he's taken all the appropriate steps, and he'll ask the committee at that time, if he'd ask the committee to look into it, it, the issue may have gone away. The issue is kind of out of his hands now. It's in the public domain. People want to be reassured that the Canadian election wasn't substantially interfered with, uh, and they want someone who is independent, not partisan, somebody like a judge, perhaps, to give them the answer. And the committee, as I said, is made up of politicians. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, both the opposition parties are saying that uh, this committee uh, hearing wouldn't be, or investigation wouldn't be sufficient. So you already have a substantial uh, public opinion that is against what the prime minister might announce. Um, if, if the prime minister says, sets a time limit of three or four months and says if within three or four months this committee isn't able to satisfy us, I would be prepared to look at uh, the issue of public inquiry. Then the issue might be put to rest in the interim. But uh, other than that, I don't see any way of this issue going away anytime soon. 
it, just to that point, Mr. Alcock, I know you've mentioned that likely it'll be difficult to find the answers Canadians are looking for in, in a short period of time, right? That most commissions of inquiry you've looked at have taken at least a year. Based on the questions that are being asked here, essentially the scope of foreign interference or even in particular Chinese interference, alleged Chinese interference in our elections, based on your knowledge of China as an adversary, for example, and the issue of foreign interference, how complicated of an issue would it be to figure out the scope of? I think it's a fairly complicated issue for a, for a, a commission of inquiry to get its hands around. I think it's going to take a year to a year and a half at least for them to do that. So it's going to be a substantial time for a, a commission of inquiry. So, so more, a year, a year and a half, yeah, I think. Yeah, at least. And, and, and from your viewpoint, what are the key questions that it addresses based on the allegations that we've read about so far? They're clearly going to have to, if you had a commission of inquiry, they're clearly going to be looking at, at the events that have been alleged and, the, and at, other, at other events that may have taken place. And they're probably going to look at it over a period of time. This is not a new story. Um, somebody earlier spoke about the issue of whether or not in the period, Mr. Harper's period, whether the same issues or some issues like this might have arisen. I suspect there probably were issues during that period as well. So how, how historical will they want to get? This is a long process. Uh, do, can they be limited? Will they limit themselves specifically to China? Uh, Maybe hard to do that uh, once you get into it. Uh, the possibility of this expanding and, in some sense, losing control of, of the subject is, 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 pretty, is pretty good, since this is a very broad subject and a complex one to begin with. Uh, if you are just joining us now, we're waiting for the Prime Minister. He's supposed to make an announcement, already running a bit late, <laughs> about 30 minutes late, but it is supposed to happen any minute now. Uh, and you can see, or you don't, you don't have it on our screen right now, but it was there. You can see that Parliament Hill is all set up for that announcement. Uh, do you think that the scope of whatever investigation takes place, Melanie, should be limited to China versus a larger look at the wider issue of foreign interference? I think it ab absolutely should include other countries. Uh, anyone who has an interest in disrupt disrupting our elections, uh, anyone who has exercised disruptive techniques against our elections at all levels, whether that be municipal, provincial or federal, should absolutely be part of the investigation. I, I share the concern, however, that this could take years uh, when we're thinking of, of a scope like that. Uh, I do think that that is warranted and should occur. But like, like I said uh, earlier, we... We need to be able to do more than one thing. Sorry, Melanie, I'm going I'm to interrupt you. I apologize because the Prime Minister has just gotten to the mic. We'll take a listen in live. Thanks so much. ...against foreign interference. In the last couple of weeks, Canadians have been hearing and reading a lot about the issue of attempted foreign interference, particularly from China, in our elections. There have been questions raised about our democracy, our national security agencies, our parliament, and even our sovereignty. These questions strike us to the very core as Canadians. Les Canadiens portent attention à ces questions Canadians parce qu'ils savent que protéger notre démocratie est extrêmement important. Process, elections, I understand that people want answers and Canadians deserve reassurance. 
I will get to the details in a moment. But today, I'm announcing that I will be appointing an independent special rapporteur who will have a wide mandate and make expert recommendations on combating interference and strengthening our democracy. But first, I want to lay out some of what we've been doing and will do further to continue to protect our democracy and our institutions. In Canada, we believe deeply in the values of freedom, openness, and dialogue. These values are not universally shared by every government around the world. Indeed, I don't know if in our lifetime we've seen democracy in a more precarious place. Many state actors and non-state actors want to foster instability here and elsewhere to advance their own interests. We have long known, and an independent report confirmed it again last week, that the Chinese government and other regimes like Iran and Russia have attempted to interfere not just in our democracy, but in our country in general, whether it's our institutions, our businesses, our research facilities, or in the daily lives of our citizens. This is not a new problem. But before we came into office, there was no dedicated process to counter foreign interference in our elections. We saw the impacts of foreign interference in places like the United States and in France during their elections in 2016 and 2017. These threats evolve and continue to evolve. We took big steps to protect the integrity of our democracy. Things we did in response to the changes we saw around us because that's what responsible leadership does. For the past two elections, in 2019 and 21, a committee of uh, high-functioning officials determined that the interference did not affect our elections. That we created in early 2019 so that independent, expert public servants can communicate clearly and impartially with Canadians during an election in the event of incidents that threaten the integrity of the federal election. After 2019, the panel and the protocol were reviewed by James Judd, former director of CSIS. And after the 2021 election, the panel and the protocol were again reviewed, this time by Maurice Rosenberg, former senior deputy minister under both conservative and liberal governments. Both independent reviews made recommendations that we've studied closely. Between the 2019 and 2021 elections, using Mr. Judd's recommendations, we updated the protocol and strengthened it. We are now reviewing Mr. Rosenberg's recommendations, and Minister Leblanc is working on an implementation plan for as quickly as possible. Today, all political leaders agree that the election outcomes in 2019 and in 2021 were not impacted by foreign interference. Two 
All the leaders of the opposition agree that the results of the 19 and 21 elections were not affected by foreign influence. Even if it didn't change the results of any of our elections, any interference attempt by any foreign actor is troubling and serious. Attempted interference is something that's been happening for a long time in Canada and in many other countries around the world. But how it happens is evolving, including with the rise of technology and social media. This is why, since 2015, we've taken big steps to protect the integrity of our democracy. In 2017, we created the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians so that top-secret cleared MPs and senators can look deeply into these issues. Le comité des parlementaires sur la sécurité nationale et le brings together representatives from every party in the House of Commons and the Senate. They are all cleared for top secret so that they can review the activities of CSIS. Has examined foreign interference in the past and tabled a comprehensive report to the public and to Parliament. This report focused on the period between 2015 and 2018. They also looked at the classified report reviewing the work of the panel in the 2019 election. In 2018, we passed legislation to strengthen elections financing laws to keep foreign money out. And when we hosted the G7 summit that year in Charlevoix, we established the rapid response mechanism as a way for the G7 countries to respond to diverse and evolving foreign threats to democracy. In 2019, we brought in our plan to protect democracy. This plan included the creation of the panel of independent public servants that I mentioned earlier. It also included the creation of the Security and Intelligence Threats to Election Task Force, which is made up of our top security agencies and advises the panel on potential threats. On a aussi créé l'Office de surveillance des activités en matière de national security monitoring, OSSNR which is an organization that monitors activities related to national security and intelligence undertaken by the government. And last year, we tabled new legislation to protect our cybersecurity. These are only a few examples of what our government has done to address foreign interference since 2015. And we're working on doing more. But we have to make sure that we're taking responsible steps without jeopardizing the work of our intelligence community and nonpartisan officials to keep Canadians safe. Today, I spoke with David McGuinty, the head of NSICOP, and uh, with Marie Deschamps, the head of NSIRA. I underscored that Canadians need to have faith in their institutions and deserve answers and transparency. I talked with them about undertaking urgent work on the issue of foreign interference within their mandates. I spoke with David McGuinty and Marie Deschamps 
I underscore that Canadians need to have faith in their institutions and they deserve answers and transparency. I spoke to them of undertaking urgent approach to this file within the frame of their mandate. NSICOP includes representatives from all recognized parties in the House of Commons, plus representatives from the Senate. They all already have top-secret clearances so they can review the activities of our national security and intelligence agencies. NSICOP has already received the classified version of the report reviewing the work of the 2021 panel and will be updating their last report reviewing foreign interference with a focus on our elections. When democratic institutions are under attack, it is just that it be parliamentarians elected officials who should be stepping up to protect those institutions. This is why we created NSICOP and gave them the tools to review these matters and report their findings and recommendations to Parliament. NSIRA is an external and independent expert body designed to review the collection and use of sensitive intelligence by government, including for all of our national security agencies and ensure that they are meeting the high standards Canadians expect of them. They are well placed to determine how the system is working across intelligence agencies and government departments, what information flowed or didn't flow properly, and why. They also produce reports publicly to Parliament. Despite all of this, I know that there are people out there who don't believe that this is enough. And I get that. This is why we're entrusting further work to someone impartial. In the coming days, we will appoint an eminent Canadian to the position of independent special rapporteur, who will have a wide mandate to make expert recommendations on protecting and enhancing Canadians' faith in our democracy. In the coming weeks, the independent special rapporteur will be responsible for informing the work of NSIRA and NSICOP and any other existing processes like those by Elections Canada and to identify any gaps in our system. The independent special rapporteur will make public recommendations which could include a formal inquiry or some other independent review process. In the coming days, we will appoint an eminent Canadian as independent rapporteur who will give a wide mandate to give specialized recommendations on protecting our democracy. In the coming weeks, the special independent rapporteur will be in charge of the work of the two organizations and to follow up on other processes in place, including Elections Canada, to better identify any gaps in the system. People have expressed many different views about the steps we should be taking to answer questions about foreign interference. To me, it comes down to two things. That our democratic institutions are safe from foreign interference and that Canadians have confidence that it is so. This impartial, respected person will ensure transparency and also protection of our institutions, members of our intelligence agencies, and all Canadians. Now, some people have argued strongly that a public inquiry is the necessary next step. Some others have pointed out the flaws and challenges of a public inquiry.
That's why we will ask the independent special rapporteur as one of the first tasks of their mandate to provide the government with a recommendation as to what the appropriate next step should be, whether it be an inquiry, an investigation, or a judicial review, and what the scope of that work may be. And we will abide by their recommendation. Comme je l'ai dit, on a fait beaucoup de travail. Well, there's a lot of work to do, but we know we can continue to act with other measures right now to protect our democracy and Canadians against the foreign influence. Minister Mendicino to launch later this week a consultation to guide how we will set up a new foreign influence transparency registry in Canada. We need to make sure there is transparency and accountability from those who advocate on behalf of foreign governments while protecting communities who are often both targeted by attempts at foreign interference and who feel targeted when xenophobia and fear-mongering overtake legitimate concern for our democracy and national security. It's very important that we start with this consultation because we have to be mindful of history any time we're talking about registries of foreigners in our country. I've also tasked Minister Mendicino to immediately establish a counter-foreign interference coordinator in Public Safety Canada. This office will ensure that we're taking on these issues across government in a coordinated way. I asked Minister Mendocino this past week a consultation group so that we can set up a foreign influence registry. I also asked him to immediately implement within Public Safety Canada a national office for in charge of the legislation against this kind of influence. It will coordinate all the activities across government to attack these problems. I've also tasked Minister Leblanc and the Clerk of the Privy Council to review and bring forward a plan to implement any outstanding recommendations from NSICOP, the Rosenberg Report, and any other reviews on these matters in the next 30 days. Minister Leblanc to present a plan to implement all the recommendations that are formulated by this uh, Rosenberg report and this committee so that any other issue uh, related to it in the next 30 days. announced that we're investing $5.5 million to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation. Because we know disinformation, often generated abroad, can be a real threat to our elections, and it's a threat that the federal government cannot combat alone. I want to be very clear. Any attack or attempt to attack our democracy is unacceptable. We will continue to strengthen our institutions to defend their integrity when it comes to defending our national security. Just like we stood firm when we worked day and night to bring back the two Michaels after they were arbitrarily detained in China, including over the course of the 2019 and 2021 elections. As Canadians, we all felt a collective effort 
to work together to bring them home, and we felt tremendous relief when we finally got them home. But let's remember that throughout, there were repeated calls by eminent Canadians, both conservative and liberal, to simply capitulate to the Chinese government, to give in to their demands, to ignore our extradition treaty with the United States, and ignore the values and the principles of rule of law on which Canada is grounded. But we didn't. We stood strong as a government. We stood strong as Canadians for our values and for the rule of law. And we got them home that way. That's what a prime minister does. That's, a, that's what responsible leadership is. Foreign interference is a complex landscape that should not be boiled down to sound bites and binary choices. And it should certainly not be about partisan politics. As politicians, we work hard on building trust with Canadians every single day. But it is also our duty to do everything we can so that Canadians can trust our institutions now and into the future. Because our institutions will and must outlast every politician. As politicians, we work every day to establish faith in uh, the people, but it's also our duty to do it and to do everything in our power to instill faith of Canadians in our institutions today and in the future. Our institutions are the foundations of our democracy. Even when they're strong, even when they're sturdy, if there's a perception that they might not be, it needs to be addressed. And we need to work beyond partisanship to work together. Canada is one of the most stable democracies in the world. But that didn't happen by accident, and it will not continue without effort. So to all Canadians, this is an issue that we continue to take extremely seriously. And we will continue this work to uphold and strengthen your confidence in our democracy in Canada. Merci beaucoup. Thank you, Prime Minister. Merci, le Premier Ministre. We have 20 minutes for questions from the media. Nous avons 20 minutes pour les questions des médias, et on va commencer avec TVA. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau. Olivier Ferrand-Boissé. Hello, Mr. Trudeau. You know, many voices were raised for public inquiry, and Rosenberg are saying that you should admit that inquiry. You have a committee with secret work, and the Canadians will not see the work of this committee. Do you think that's sufficient to reassure Canadians? What I'm announcing today is that there will be a special independent rapporteur who will determine the next steps. 
It's very clear that Canadians want this to be done beyond partisanship, not for one party or another to decide the terms of an inquiry, if we need one, and how we're going to reassure Canadians on the integrity of our institution faced with foreign interference, particularly Chinese in this case. That's why a special independent uh, rapporteur will review the various committees and processes we have to make sure that he has the right, that he makes the right decisions to reassure Canadians or if he identifies gaps where we need to work. And this person, this nonpartisan expert, will determine the next steps that Canadians need to know to remove partisanship from this issue. Who will be this uh, rapporteur and how will you appoint him and ensure that he's sufficiently independent? Over the recent weeks, we've seen a lot of Canadians with a great deal of expertise and authority in national security and democracy. We have many eminent, well-qualified individuals who can do this work and will make sure that this person is truly independent, expert, and capable, not only able to make sure that our government and institutions are doing all that's necessary to protect our democracy, but reassure also Canadians so that people have confidence that, yes, we are doing everything necessary to protect our democracy. Uh, you mentioned that there have been a number of people who have been calling for a public inquiry. That includes the opposition and, and many other eminent Canadians. Uh, can you explain why you need a special rapporteur to make that decision for you? We've actually seen a significant amount of debate amongst experts, uh, amongst prominent eminent Canadians, some in political parties, some not as to whether or not uh, a public inquiry is the right way to move forward. And further, the question of what exactly would be the terms of any uh, formal inquiry, what form it should take, what uh, the Constitution should be, what the mandate and tasks should be, what kind of clearances it should have, all those questions are really important in going to establishing uh, a body or a process that Canadians will have confidence in once it's done. We've seen a level of partisanship around this question that for me requires us to take a step back and to task an eminent, unimpeachable expert respected and trusted by Canadians to be able to make recommendations as to what the best path is forward. As I've said a number of times, we have a number of bodies, of task forces, of expert groups from NSICOP to NCIRA to others who have been tasked with keeping our democracy safe, protecting us from foreign interference. An independent expert to examine 
the landscape of everything that we have to fight against interference and give confidence to Canadians, make recommendations on how it must be optimized to deliver that confidence to Canadians, and what, if necessary, we should be doing more, whether it be a formal inquiry, a commission, uh, a, 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 an examination, a panel of retired judges, a judicial review, or what have you making sure that that process, whatever process is necessary, is unimpeachable from the very beginning, is going to be part of reassuring Canadians that election integrity and foreign interference is something that, as a country, we are taking with the appropriate level of seriousness and rigour. On NSACOP, we've already heard from Mr. Singh and Mr. Polyev saying that that's not a process that they think for this situation makes sense. Mr. Singh says it's not public. Mr. Polyev says it actually traps the MPs. They get secret information. They can't talk about it. Why do you think that's a proper venue to be able to handle these specific issues? When I was in opposition, we watched Mr. Harper's government refused to give any role to parliamentarians in matters of national security. Whether it was issues around Afghan detainees or other threats to national security, the answer invariably was, trust us, we're the government, we have clearance, we're going to keep Canadians safe. That was the answers that the government of the time, which included the current leader of the opposition, gave to us in opposition, gave to Canadians. We disagreed. One of our debates in the run-up to the 2015 election was over Bill C-51, strengthening of national security rules. And one of the commitments we made to Canadians in that election is we would create what most other leading democracies already have, which is a national security and intelligence committee of parliamentarians. Parliamentarians from all different parties, including in the Senate, who would receive the necessary top secret clearances to dig into everything that our national security agencies did. Now, it doesn't surprise me that Mr. Polyev continues to object to that creation. He was opposed to us empowering MPs to get those clearances to look into national security issues from even before we became government. But those MPs from all different parties get the necessary clearances to dive deep into the actions and responsibilities and mandates of our national security and intelligence agencies. And then they write reports on what they've seen, what they've learned, that get released to Parliament and to the public. So their threshold of being top secret cleared allows them to look into everything that's going on in our national security agencies and then turn to Canadians to say there are shortcomings in this aspect of what's happening, this aspect of things are been doing well, they need to improve this, they need to improve that. That's not secret. 
that is MPs doing their jobs, looking into top secret affairs, and then creating a public report, evaluating the work of our national security agencies and highlighting where there need to be improvements that they're then accountable to because NSICOP will be looking into them again in the coming years and parliamentarians will continue to report publicly on the work they do. Yes, it's a security, it's a committee of parliamentarians with top secret clearances, but their work is to dig into the top secret work being done by our intelligence agencies and tell all Canadians about whether that's being done right or wrong and how it needs to be improved. That misunderstanding of the nature of NSICOP uh, is something that hopefully this important work that they continue to do will shed a little more light on for more, more Canadians. CTV News. So what can the Canadian public realistically expect from this NSICOP report? And is it, will it be sufficient enough to alleviate the concerns of 7 in 10 Canadians who think this is a major threat and a major issue? The announcement today is on a special rapporteur. A special independent rapporteur who will be charged with looking over the entire landscape of Canada's national security agencies and tools to counter foreign interference. That includes NSICOP, it includes NSIRA, it includes uh, Elections Canada inquiries or uh, investigations into election, it includes any other part of what the government does to counter foreign interference. This special rapporteur will have the clearances and the power to look at everything that Canada is doing and has done and make recommendations on what we need to do further, including, if necessary, a formal inquiry or commission or whatever they determine is the right thing to do. That's where Canadians can have confidence that we are removing this from the political parties, including the political party that happens to be in government right now, and saying this is a matter that all Canadians, regardless of who they voted for or didn't vote for, should be able to be reassured is the right process to examine what is a very concerning issue around foreign interference, but that has been elevated to a level of partisan uh, disagreements that has made it difficult for any party, including the party in government, to reassure Canadians that whatever we're doing is going to be enough and sufficient. That's where a special rapporteur to come in and survey the landscape and ensure that everything we do will be sufficient to reassure Canadians that our democracy remains strong and that the tools we have to counter ongoing foreign interference are the right ones. You announced that you'll be uh, starting consultations on a foreign agent registry. Why did it take your government so long to do that, given that our U.S. and Australian counterparts already have one in place? And what's the timeline on when you will have one? Uh, 
It is something that has long been discussed. Um, there are lessons to be learned uh, about the impact and effectiveness of what some of our allies are doing and have done. Of course, uh, we're learning from them and we're consulting with Canadians to make sure that as we move forward, it be both effective and impactful. But I'm happy to turn it over to Minister Mendicino to uh, uh, follow up on that a little bit. Marco. Yes, and thank you for the question. Um, first, I think it's very important uh, that we signal our intent to launch a consultation, a public engagement on the potential creation of a foreign agent registry. As the Prime Minister has said, um, as we embark on this dialogue, it is important that we bring along all communities and Canadians. It is important that we embed in this instrument the values of the Charter, um, which must be a bedrock in the way in which we strike the balance of protecting our institutions, but doing so in a manner that fully respects the individual rights and values of every Canadian. Um, the last thing I'll say before turning it back to you, Prime Minister, is that this latest step builds on the concrete actions of this government since we took the reins in 2015. And it is important that all of the tools that we have put into place are attached to the corresponding transparency that is required of them as we imbue them to our national security agencies. It is imperative that this work is done responsibly and this conversation will help to advance that work. Thank you. Next question. Émile Bergeron, La Presse canadienne. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau. Hello, uh, dans le cadre de la Commission Rouleau, uh, the... des questions qui Rouleau la Commission, you had questions that regarding national security that were redacted. That didn't stop the Commissioner from doing his job and finding new things. But we've heard some of your MPs with a public uh, inquiry, we would not necessarily learn any more out of. Uh, desire to preserve this confidential information. What's the difference between this and Rouleau? Very good question. So the Rouleau Commission, in fact, uh, underscored how foreign influence and misinformation affected it. This special uh, reporter will look at this to see what kind of inquiry, if we need a public inquiry, and what the terms of this inquiry would be. But I know very well that if I had announced a public inquiry, I think politically it would have been an easy decision to make because everybody wants that. But when we get to the point where we, I have to say, oh, we can't give you these, these documents and those documents, the impact of this process would have been undermined, seriously undermined. So, I will give the person the responsibility to create any commission. It could be very similar to the Rouleau Commission, if that's what the reporter determines that it's the path to follow. That's what we'll do. So, given the limitations and gaps in this process, perhaps he'll choose another way of informing the Canadians about foreign interference. But we need to ask someone impartial 
uh, expert person to determine the parameters and processes and underscore and raise the processes that, uh, that we've already had with the questions we already have and grow as needed. I think that's the way to go. First, to make sure Canada is doing everything we need to to protect our democracy and two, to reassure Canadians that we are doing all this work the right way. So in the appointment of the rapporteur, we heard the Bloc Québécois ask for a potential inquiry commission so that all parties would vote on this appointment. Will you consult the other parties? Yes, we will absolutely con uh, consult the other parties. We're open to all the nominations that they might submit. Any person who's eligible who could do this kind of work. Next question. NSI COP has existed since 2017 when your government brought in part. It has made many, many recommendations across many reports, and it has complained that it does not receive responses from your government, that many of those recommendations come unanswered. And the same is true of James Judd's report after the 2019 election. Many of his recommendations have not been responded to. So why is this time going to be different? Uh, actually, following uh, the Judd report in the 2019 election, we did move ahead significantly uh, with a number of his recommendations, and they were integrated into the panel uh, in 2021. When we created NSICOP in 2017, it was a brand new institution in Canada. Uh, previous, the previous Conservative government had refused uh, to give parliamentarians from opposition parties the security clearances necessary to oversee and look into the actions of our national security agencies. And we felt that was a weakness, which is why we brought in a national security committee composed of parliamentarians from all parties who could lean in directly on what our national security agencies and report back to parliament what they'd found, what was working, what was not, and make recommendations. Uh, indeed, uh, we have to do a better job of following up on those recommendations. I fully accept that. That is why I've tasked Minister LeBlanc within 30 days uh, to put forward a response uh, to the recommendations made by the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, among other reports that uh, still hadn't been responded to. NSI COP reports can also be edited by your government. You hold the right to remove details from that, and you have done that in previous reports. Are you going to take a lighter approach on this report, given the importance to the Canadian public? Uh, that's an excellent question, because it is something that concerns Canadians, and I can reassure people that uh, redactions or edits to uh, reports for security purposes are not done. Uh, by politicians. They are done by the professional public service along uh, very specific objective criteria. We do not uh, redact those reports. The professional public service does. Next question. Steve Chase, Globe and Mail. Thanks for taking our questions. Uh, last week at the uh, PROC committee, uh, Deputy Commissioner of the RCMP told MPs that they are not investigating any allegations of election interference in the 2019 or 2021 elections. Today, however, we learned the RCMP is investigating the leaks. They're investigating those and they've given a statement to media. So I, I want to ask you, did that, did you, did your office, your government refer the matter to the RCMP? No. And do you think it's the appropriate focus to focus on the leaks as opposed to the allegations? Um, 
first of all, it is not appropriate for politicians to direct uh, our police services to do or to not do uh, investigations. We can certainly ask, but uh, the RCMP makes its determinations based on uh, what they have. And I can assure you that the RCMP was uh, fully up on concerns around uh, foreign interference because the task force, because of the work the panel did, they looked into these issues in 2019 and 2021 and made a determination to not pursue any criminal investigations. Uh, they are now deciding to pursue a criminal investigation or an investigation uh, into uh, the various national security breaches that we've seen over the past months. Um, and that is their decision to do. One of the strengths of Canada is the independence of our institutions and knowing that politicians can't direct or prevent uh, RCMP or other police agencies from doing their jobs of keeping Canadians safe and making sure uh, that uh, the law is upheld. Uh, when we uh, started reporting on these, uh, these reports, intelligence reports from CSIS, you said that uh, foreign interference is something you're well familiar with and you've been dealing with it for a long time. Uh, last week, uh, the Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs was asked how many Chinese diplomats have been expelled uh, in the last four years. And the answer was zero. Uh, the, um, can you explain why there's not been one single Chinese diplomat expelled over the last four years? Anytime we are presented with evidence, we act. If we have been presented with credible evidence of wrongdoing, of uh, foreign agents or officials breaking Canadian laws, we would have acted. Lack of evidence means uh, we have not acted. We are a country of laws, of rules, of evidence. And if we do not get concrete, clear evidence, we will not take action. That's what Canadians expect. But I can highlight that neither the foreign minister nor I have ever been accused of being shrinking violence when it comes shrinking violence when it comes to standing up for our values and our country uh, with uh, foreign dignitaries or interlocutors or even leaders. Uh, we will consistently stand up for what Canadians believe in and what our values are, because that's what people elected us to do. We have time for one more question and one more follow-up. Madeleine Vemorin, Radio-Canada. Monsieur Trudeau, vous avez dit ce serait facile de it would be easy to ask for an inquiry. Everybody wants that. But then you couldn't uh, provide the follow-up. Why not ask for a public inquiry and you have your rapporteur determine the parameters? It would save time. Well, it's possible as we listen to the experts who have different perspectives. The best way to reassure Canadians is to ensure to we're doing everything we can to counter foreign influence. But maybe the best way is not a public inquiry. And this is why we chose to name a, a special independent reporter who will look at everything we're doing to counter foreign influence, all the tools that we have, that we created in this government to protect our institutions and our democracy and see exactly what should be done to counter influence, to reassure Canadians, and 
what we could do more, whether a public inquiry or form a commission or a panel of judges or whatever to provide all the tools and full ability to this expert, independent person to look at everything we have and make the choice in the best way to reassure Canadians. It's quite possible that it will be one thing or another that have been suggested, but this is why we think that on a subject as important as political interference in our democracy, it's best to take a few weeks to make sure that we are doing the best thing, the right thing to protect our institutions and our democracy and reassure Canadians. And this is exactly what the special rapporteur will do. A few weeks, Mr. Trudeau? How many? And how many weeks of consultation? Before we get the answer, with regard to the special rapporteur, we are working now to appoint the right person, and we also expect that the work that this rapporteur, a special and independent rapporteur, does will be constant. He'll make his recommendations immediately, and we will commit to them immediately. So we want this to happen as quickly as possible. Canadians are concerned, and with reason, all this interference, Chinese and others, into our democracy. They want to be quickly reassured that we're doing everything we can to protect our democracy. With regard to the the consultation about the registry, yes, very quickly, we will begin the consultation this week, a little later this week, but I want to reassure everyone that, that the work has already begun with uh, so many tools like NCCUP and NCIRP and CSIS to reduce the threat posed by foreign interference. We will bring everybody back into this national conversation. Thank you. This puts an end to this press Thank you, everyone. Thank you. That is the Prime Minister surrounded by some of his top ministers making an announcement on Parliament Hill addressing the issue of alleged foreign interference, specifically alleged Chinese interference in the 2021 election. The substance of that announcement, the Prime Minister says in the coming days he will appoint a special rapporteur uh, to investigate those allegations, really to look into what the government should do. That special rapporteur could be tasked, for example, with, or will be tasked, rather, with uh, figuring out if a public inquiry is the route to go and then making a very specific recommendation to the government. The special rapporteur could also make recommendations about other avenues the government can pursue or could pursue to address these allegations and the concept of foreign interference. No word from the Prime Minister during this announcement on who exactly will occupy that position other than 
they will be named in the next little while and that it will be a quote unquote eminent Canadian. My colleague, CTV senior political correspondent Glenn McGregor, was listening in to that announcement with me. Lots to unpack yep. there, Glenn, but the big announcement is this special rapporteur. Right. And not necessarily an inquiry, <laughs> me. but an inquiry, if necessary, right. as determined by this mystery person that we're going to uh, whose identity will be revealed in the coming days, weeks, right. it sounds very much like the government isn't even sure who that person is going to be, only that they're an eminent Canadian and we would presume is beyond reproach. Somebody who is not a political actor that has partisan tendencies, I'm guessing former Supreme Court judge, former Court of Appeal judge, somebody like that. The Prime Minister seemed very sensitive to how conspiratorial politics have become and the fact that if you have anybody with any kind of partisan affiliation, even like a, you know, a top judge has been appointed by a governing party, right. you know, senior judges by, by, the, by the federal government. So there are always going to be those kind of allegations. Uh, I'm curious to see how much outreach he does to Mr. Polyev, to Mr. Singh, in choosing that person, whether they will consult with them to get the green light to make sure that they think they're okay with that choice. Also, what kind of powers do they give this person? A special repertoire is kind of a, a model we've seen at organizations like the United Nations. Right. They bring in people to study an issue, but it's kind of a high-level study. It's not nitty-gritty investigative work, right? So is the special repertoire going to have the power? First of all, you have security clearance to see some of this information. Are they going to have the power of subpoena? Are they going to conduct their own kind of inquiry? Or are they just going to do a survey, talk to some folks, read some news clippings, and come up with their own opinion? It's all very wishy-washy right now and it seems like this is a this is a government that's scrambling to throw stuff out there saying they're going to do this but i think the big takeaway is no public inquiry yet possibly one down the road i think the fact that even there is now a possibility though is is worth noting especially from a political <clears throat> perspective i was looking as the prime minister was talking through a transcript of, of his Friday press conference in which he was almost mocking reporters at a certain point for continuing to ask about the possibility of an inquiry. To be fair to the government, and the prime minister outlined it, they have done a whole bunch of stuff targeting the issue. But the prime minister today really migrated to a position of clearly that isn't enough to right. buoy confidence in Canadians that the integrity of their electoral system is intact. And yeah. so um, this is a migration politically from where he well, yeah, has been I, over the past two years. I think, I think it's a recognition of the things that they've done. I mean, how many acronyms did we hear when the prime minister was summarizing all <laughs> that they had done? And most Canadians don't know any of this. You know, until last week, no one had really, I, I think, had heard of NSI COP. It wasn't on anybody's radar. And right? just so, to be clear, for people who are listening who don't know what it is, it's a national security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, a whole bunch of people from parliamentari <laughs> yeah. parliamentarians, MPs who are sworn to secrecy, basically, and they yeah. can look at highly secret or classified documents. And that's the venue that the prime minister is referring this issue now specifically to, in addition to creating uh, this special rapporteur position, and uh, in addition to saying they're going to move ahead with foreign agents registration, and in addition to uh, setting up this unit within uh, Public Safety Canada that would look at foreign interference. So they're trying to do, give the perception they're doing as much as they can and have been doing as much as they can. question is, I, I don't think it's going to wash with the opposition. I don't think Mr. Paul is going to be happy with this. Uh, I don't think Jagmeet Singh. Their red line is public inquiry. Until we get to that point, they are not going to back off, and I don't think this problem is going to go away just with what he said today. Yeah, let's just talk a little bit, if we could, about the position of the opposition going into this, because they were essentially, as the prime minister kept insisting his government was doing enough, they were able to frame the issue around this specific call, especially in the last 10 days, right. 
for a public inquiry, a public airing, really, of the potential scope of Chinese interference. Right. Like you said, they already came out this morning basically dismissing this idea of referring it to the, the, the committee right. out of hand without even knowing these details. So I don't imagine their position has, has migrated. Right. And what the Conservatives really want is a testimony or evidence that the Prime Minister was advised about these specific allegations that have come out in leaks and when he was advised. Maybe you've heard Michael Cooper repeat that line uh, repeatedly, mm. the Conservative MP who's on the Parliamentary uh, Procedure Committee. Uh, they, they want to tie that to him. This is a political issue for them. They want to make this as political as possible. The, the government wants to make it as nonpartisan as possible. You have these competing uh, causes here. So, no, uh, the, Pierre Polyam is not going to be happy with this. He's not going to short, stop short of anything uh, less than a public inquiry in which those kinds of issues are explored. They want to bring Katie Telford. Uh, Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, out to testify to say when she had those meetings. They want to bring Jody Thomas, the National Security Advisor, to testify about what was said in those meetings. He doesn't really seem concerned about the possibility that you are going to be airing things that are classified information. That, of course, has repercussions, um, you know, domestically in the ability to cease us to investigate things. Also, internationally, our Five Eyes partners, they don't like to see... Uh, governments revealing classified information. That is not a concern for Mr. Polyev. He's not in government. He doesn't have to worry about that. He wants to make this as political as possible, and he wants to get uh, those kinds of details, tying the prime minister and showing, in his view, the prime minister was either oblivious or uh, intentionally didn't act on these things. If you're just joining us now, the Prime Minister has uh, made an announcement on Parliament Hill to address uh, Canadians' concerns in, his, uh, in the way he described around allegations of Chinese interference in the 2021 election and even elections prior. The majority of those allegations uh, first surfaced through the Globe and Mail's reporting a few weeks ago and, and certainly have picked up steam since. There has been one parliamentary committee already tasked with investigating it. We heard from a number of witnesses, including uh, a, a lady Glenn mentioned, Jody Thomas, the, the prime minister's national security advisor, last week. And, and, and then uh, the prime minister today announced that despite rebuffing calls for a public inquiry for a number of uh, those weeks, he is now appointing uh, what he calls a, a special rapporteur uh, on the issue an eminent Canadian, he says, who will be named shortly. Uh, and they will essentially determine whether or not a public inquiry here is warranted and will advise the government to that uh, in that respect. Glenn, we don't know if the government, and, and my understanding is I'll be interviewing Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino in a second, and sure. I'll ask him, but we don't really know at this point how binding that recommendation is. It sounded like it's going to be binding, if it's not in law. Well, I mean, not, there's no <laughs> law. I don't, I, I don't know. I've, I've never seen the federal government create a special rapporteur in the style of, of say, the UN or the Red right. Cross might. Uh, it's, it's kind of uncharted uh, territory. But I think it would be um, morally binding on him. If, if Prime Minister picks somebody it. and they say, you have to have a public inquiry, he can't say, we're not going to do that. He's got to do it. it so it, so it, it will be, you know, de facto binding on him, I think. Got it. Okay, Glenn, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much for your analysis. CTV's senior political correspondent, Glenn McGregor. And my understanding is Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino is live on Parliament Hill with us right now. Hi, Minister. Good to see you. Standing is correct. Can you hear good me okay? Good evening. Thank you. you very much for making the time. Okay, good. I think we're on a bit of a delay, so my apologies. I'll, I'll just start things off, Minister, and ask you, um, if this is the type of announcement your government should have made two and a half weeks ago when these allegations first came out, instead of dismissing those allegations and those concerns through the Globe and Mail's reporting as stoking doubt at being partisan, at stoking doubt about the integrity of our electoral system, is this the reaction you should have had in the first place? 
Well, I think we've always expressed um, that we are gravely concerned with the potential threat of foreign interference against our democratic institutions, most especially uh, our elections, and that is precisely why we made the announcement that we made uh, today, which falls into two categories. First, as you heard the Prime Minister say, uh, the uh, impending appointment of a special rapporteur, someone who will be qualified and expert in the area of national security to help us choose the next and most practical steps forward to be transparent and upfront with Canadians about these allegations, but two other really important announcements out of uh, the remarks just made, and that is one that we will be moving forward with the consultation on the creation of a foreign agent registry, as well as the creation of a coordinator that will, within Public Safety Canada, help us to tackle foreign interference. This builds on the very strong track record that the government has in taking concrete action against this phenomenon, as well as being upfront with Canadians and how we do that. And I do appreciate you laying out those details, but I'm going to circle back to my original question. I have questions about how this will work, certainly. But my original question is, I think, an important one to Canadians, because a few weeks ago, the Prime Minister was not saying what you and he are saying tonight, was not saying that despite everything we've done, Canadians are still really concerned about what they're reading, about these allegations. Even the Foreign Agents Registry Minister, with respect, a few days ago, I asked you at length about when that consultation would start and how long it would take, and you could provide me with no answers. All of a sudden, now you are going to start those consultations. The Prime Minister does acknowledge that what you've done so far is not enough to allay Canadians' concerns. Do you regret not approaching this issue in this way earlier? Well, I take the point that Canadians are indeed uh, very concerned about these allegations, which is why we've moved forward with the Special Rapporteur. But I also think it's important to expand that this is part of the ongoing work that this government has been doing through the creation of threat reduction measure powers for CSIS, through the creation of the National Security Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, through the creation of the National Security Intelligence Review Agency, so these announcements today, yes, they're important, and yes, we will be moving forward with them, but they build on top of a number of authorities, bodies, and agencies which are there to assure Canadians that they can have confidence in their institutions, including their elections. And I, I respect that, and I really do feel like it would be um, unfair of me to present to Canadians that your government hasn't done a lot of stuff. And so I've gone to great lengths to make sure that I'm accurate in that portrayal. But, your, but the Prime Minister and yourself spent weeks dismissing the possibility of a public inquiry. And now you're open to the recommendation by a special rapporteur of one. What changed? Well, uh, certainly this is a government that has a track record of uh, being transparent. Well, we've just come out of a public commission inquiry with Judge Rouleau. But I think through the creation of a special rapporteur, someone, again, who will be eminently qualified, who will be expert in the areas of national security, who will understand the importances of protecting the techniques, the technology, as well as the individuals who work in the space, while at the same time raising the bar on transparency. So. It is not an uncomplicated area, and we wanted to make sure that we got it right. In addition to that, you have the other two important announcements, which will be coming later on this week. I guess my point to you, Vashi, is that we are vigilant in this space, that we are very sober about the importance of constantly looking at ways to introduce new tools, but to do so in a way that is upfront with Canadians. A lot of that is important information, but it doesn't address why... You refuse to entertain the possibility of a public inquiry, and now all of a sudden you're open to it, Minister. Well, again, I think regardless of the venue or the forum in which we continue to examine these very serious allegations, 
Um, it will be governed by well-established principles with regards to national security law, the need to protect uh, the people that work in that space, the technology and the tactics, as well as also being transparent. And again, Vashi, I, I would point out that this is work that we embrace. We understand that Canadians need to be assured. We have the benefit of the Rosenberg report, which again confirmed that the 2021 election was free and fair. Uh, but rather than resting on our laurels, we're going to take the recommendations from that report. We've appointed a special rapporteur, and now we will do this work uh, in conjunction with all parliamentarians so that Canadians can be confident in their democratic institutions. Uh, Minister, I'm glad you brought up Mr. Rosenberg because I had the opportunity to interview him. Uh, and he pointed out a couple of things to me. First of all, that uh, his report and, and his investigation or, or work looking into what the panel had decided about the 2021 election did not include the allegations that have so, thus far come forward from the Globe and Mail primarily. So he could not comment on the veracity one way or the other or their impact on the election. And second of all, and I think we have the clip, I think I can play it, uh, he actually said an inquiry should be on the table. Have a listen. There have been other precedents in the past of bringing in um, sort of respected retired judges who have security clearances who could at least look at the, the documents even if they didn't fully uh, explain what they were. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an option that I think needs to be on the table, but I would also say that it's important to think through what is the scope of the public inquiry. Uh, once again, Minister, I know that there is no uh, debate about the outcome, the free and fair nature of the outcome of the 2021 election. Do you submit, though, if Mr. Rosenberg has not reviewed the information as alleged uh, through the reporting in the Globe and Mail, that there could have been impacts, for example, on specific ridings? Well, I, I suppose I would comment at the outset that the option that he argues should be left on the table is precisely what we confirmed today and that the special rapporteur will have an opportunity to again survey all of the various options and then make a recommendation to the government. And you heard the Prime Minister say that we will accept that recommendation. As part of that, there will also be a, an opportunity for the special rapporteur to make recommendations with regards to the scope, the terms of reference, so that it can be appropriately broad, so that we can shine a light on these allegations and any other recommendations in the space of fighting against foreign interference so that we can protect our democratic institutions. Vashi, this transcends partisanship. It is unfortunate that the Conservatives have at times attempted to undermine Mr. Rosenberg's reputation, even though he has served both Liberal and Conservative governments, and we will take his uh, advice and the advice of the Special Rapporteur uh, very seriously, put great weight on it, and do this work together. Just to quickly say, I interviewed Dominic LeBlanc, Minister LeBlanc, right after that, and, and he was his answer was not anything like yours. He was actually, again, rebuffing those calls for an inquiry, but, but I want to move on. On the special rapporteur, I think you just said it, but just to be clear for Canadians listening, if the recommendation is, whom, from whomever is appointed to this role, that your government should conduct a public inquiry, here are the parameters, you will adhere to whatever that recommendation is? Indeed, you heard correctly, and you heard the Prime Minister say that uh, we will abide by the recommendation that is put forward by the independent special rapporteur, someone who will have the expertise, the qualifications, the knowledge of how to navigate uh, the various bodies and agencies that exist, bodies and agencies that our government has created to raise the bar on transparency so that we can shine a light on this work. And I think today's announcement is very much in keeping with those values, 
We understand that Canadians are concerned, but we want to reassure them that this government is being very proactive in fighting against foreign interference to protect our democratic institutions, most especially our elections. I know you're, uh, in this final question, Minister, I know you're characterizing it as proactive, but again, for example, uh, Mr. another point Mr. Rosenberg made was in the interim, while we wait for an inquiry, whatever, whatever investigation is conducted, there are things your government can do. And, and I know under your purview is the possibility of a foreign agent's registry. You said back in the beginning of December that you were entertaining consultations. A few days ago, again, I asked you when would those start, how long they would be. You couldn't provide an answer. If you were so proactive, might those consultations already be underway? And what can you tell Canadians listening tonight about how long they, wait, they will take before you make a decision? Vashi, it's a very fair question. And obviously, I respect the work that you and other of your colleagues do in pressing the government for timelines. But what I would say in response is that we take the introduction of new measures and authorities in the national security community very seriously. There needs to be a thoughtful discussion about not only the legal thresholds that will allow us to implicate them, um, as well as the mechanisms uh, that will be transparent so that we can have accountability, but we also have to be, I think, very um, considered in the way that we have this conversation with communities right across the country. And, you know, the Prime <coughs> Minister alluded to that today. So we're very anxious to get going on this work. I assure you that much of the groundwork and foundation uh, has been put in place already. I think that's an encouraging thing. And now we'll continue the hard work, roll up our sleeves, and continue to do what we need to fight against foreign interference and protect our democratic institutions. And I'm looking forward to that conversation. You just said something that made me uh, go back on my word. I'm sorry. Final question for real this time, just really quick. How quickly do you, I know the Prime Minister said shortly, but do you think within this week we'll have a name for that uh, special rapporteur? As quickly as we possibly can. And Bashi, like I did tonight, I'll be happy to come on and talk about it as soon as we have more news. <laughs> okay, Minister, I appreciate it. I look forward to that. Thank you for sharing some of your time this evening with us. Thank you, Bashi. Thanks a lot. That's Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino reacting, providing some more information for us and for everyone watching to uh, what the government, what the Prime Minister specifically announced this evening, weeks after the Globe and Mail initially reported allegations uh, through CSIS intelligence that, the, that China interfered in the 2021 election and weeks after consistently rebuffing asks for a public inquiry. The prime minister tonight said that he is now open to one and he announced the appointment of what he is calling a special rapporteur to look into the issue of foreign interference and in particular look into the way that the government navigates it. He will, that special rapporteur, he or she, we don't know who it is yet, will be tasked primarily, or at least at first, with figuring out whether a public inquiry is the route to go. You heard from the minister there that not only will that special rapporteur report back to the government on whether or not to conduct a public inquiry, but also what the mandate of that inquiry should be, what the scope should be, what form it should take. Will it be something like a public commission that we saw into the convoy protests here, or will it be something very different? The key point, the key takeaway, is that whatever is recommended, Minister Mendocino and the Prime Minister say, will be binding on the government. They will go forth with, with rather, whatever is determined by that special rapporteur. The Prime Minister could not confirm a name for that position, said only that an eminent Canadian would occupy the role. And you heard from Minister Mendocino that that eminent Canadian will be